spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hey guys, I'm Dien. Spoken Label. Back in the house Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Now, we're over to a part of the world I've not been to before, actually, but I've got Louise, my sister, has got two of her best mates, not one, two actually, because they're both there now, two of her best friends when she was in school, both live up this way. So we're off to North Lincolnshire, which I've been told is a lovely area. And I, the poet I'm going to be chatting to in a minute may disagree with me there, but I've had nothing but good said about it. So we'll leave it at that. Now, kudos to Richard Harris today as well. Because this young lady we've got with us is down to Richard Harris's recommendation. And I, we love Richard. So we have the fantastic Amy B. Garrett with us. Now, Amy, the people that don't know you, first of all, Give us this. Oh, she was quite the lowdown then. But tell us a bit about yourself as a person and where all your creativity came from. Oh, it's like speed dating. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm in my 30s. Um, I'm originally from uh, South Yorkshire. I'm from Donny, sorry, Doncaster. And I moved to Brig in North Lincolnshire in the middle of 2018. So my partner's from from north links um so i moved i moved over here and it was really during 2020 that i started kind of like not a strict everyday diary but just kind of like little writings about like how mm. i was feeling lockdown um kind of the the mental health side of things i wasn't coping very well with the isolation and because i'd moved like from my hometown to brig i didn't know a lot of people and then with lockdown it was just like me my partner and at that point my little girl was one um and yeah it was just like how do we get through every day and like how do you how do you you know keep going and stuff like that so i'd started writing this diary um and then it became poetry and i submitted some of that writing to um partnership publishing they were doing kind of a a competition of like people's experiences of lockdown and they were saying about oh you know we're, we're going to post it on our website and things and I thought well you know what else am I doing 
um I'll I'll send something to them and uh, they contacted me and they were like yeah we really like your writing we think you know keep sending us stuff like we 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 think there's some there's some good quality things here which I was a bit taken aback because I'd always been a bit scared to share my work with anyone you always feel a bit self-critical and a bit oh I don't want to you know um so yeah uh, I, I by the end of it I think I'd sent them about 70 poems and uh, the the lady that I was chatting to said you know I think uh, I think you've got a collection here <laughs> so uh, I wow. uh, I went from there and and I released a book in um, it was it was released in like digital in May of 2021 but then the actual paperback was June of 2021 mm. um and yeah, and and I started going to spoken word events in North Lincolnshire. I was going to um, speak out Scunny. I'd been to um, come. Let's hear you speak. That's in Cleethorpes, and uh, well spoken is in Doncaster because eventually we were allowed out the house again. And, you know, I could go to these in person things, and uh, yeah, that's how I met Richard. <laughs> The uh, legendary doing, doing, Richard Harris, doing, yeah. Yeah, doing uh, poetry nights, and uh, yeah, last year me and uh, me and one of the other poets, Amanda Crundall, we uh, we set up Rabbiting On, which is the spoken word night at the uh, Rabbit Hole Bookshop in Briggs. So, yeah, it's 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 been a busy four years. <laughs> it tends to when you think when you get into this sort of thing on the spoken word, like I've been doing. More years than I'm going to admit, right? But yeah, you do. Sometimes it ends up taking over your life, doesn't it? Without you even realizing, sometimes I think. Yeah, I think uh, it, it sort of starts off as a oh, you know, you go to you, you go to a night once a month. Like I see, I see a lot of them seem to fall on Tuesdays or Thursdays for me. Um, so you're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll nip to Scunnies. You know, that's that Thursday, and then. Then you add another one and another one and another one, and then you find you're uh, every week you're off to do poems somewhere uh, in the in the borough. So uh, yeah, it's it's been really good though. Like it's been lovely to meet Pete. Like I never never knew that there was particularly a which seems sounds a bit naive, but I never really knew there was a particularly a poetry scene out there. I just kind of thought like when I was writing bits you know when i was studying my a levels and i was doing english english literature and you know you'd write poetry and i i never ever sort of thought to myself about performing it anywhere i didn't really know that that was a thing um and like nowadays i suppose because now i've ventured into that world like i found out about so many different people so many different nights um, you know, in indie poets, indie authors, famous poets. It's yeah, it's it's uh, it's been really nice to actually get to know people and like find a like a creative community in that sense. Like when when you sort of feel like, oh, I, 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 you know, I I haven't really got anyone that I've got this in common with, and then you go to one of these nights and it's just a room full of people that are like cheering you on it's such a nice feeling yeah agreed 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 i think you end up and this has happened to me it's definitely the same to you as well is you end up making different sort of friends i think sometimes mm -hmm. you do that's what happened to me when i got into this game many many years ago now now i think obviously these talk backtrack a bit first of all talk about rabbiting on then your night obviously your your spoken word group we'll call it over at the rabbit hole bookshop in brig then now, yeah. what made you and your friends? I forgot, I didn't catch a captain name. I do apologise for that. I didn't write that one down. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, Amanda, Amanda Crundall. Um, yeah. Tell us about then, the what made you want to do this night, then, between the pair of you. Um, madness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a well, I call run one in, in Manchester. There's three of us that run that, and that gets called Masters Madness as well, sometimes yeah. as well. <laughs> Well, I think it was partly like 
so when 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 I decided I was going to do the book and everything, and and I'd started getting to know um the bookshop people, like I'd gone to the, you know, the, they run author events and they do you know, book all sort of all sorts of book related things, and I'm a bit of a book dragon. I've got a lot of books in my house and. You know, I started going along to different author nights, and they'd be like, "Oh, hi, back again!" and and you know, you you, you get chatting to people, and it was one of the authors there, um, Nell Patterson. She writes crime fiction, and I was saying to her about, you know, I'm I'm studying um, for a BA in English Lit and creative writing, and she was like, "Oh, you know, how's it going?" and and we got talking about that, and she said. Oh, did you know that there's a uh, there's a poetry competition at the moment? It's uh, it's the visual arts place in Scunthorpe. You know, you should you should send something like if you're into poetry, like you should send them something. So I thought, oh, you know, do I dare? And and I thought, yeah, you know, I'll I'll just send them an email. It's fine. I'll I'll you know I've got a few little things that I've written and they're not in the book, and I'll I'll just send them to them. And it turned out that 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 competition was um like a poetry installation and a lot of people involved in the poetry installation were people that were part of speak out scunny so i was sort of suddenly like oh right there are like poets out there that are interested in this kind of thing um and then Nick and Mel at the bookshop, they said, oh, we're we, we want to do like a book festival in North Lincolnshire. Um, they'd spoken to Norman B. Hall and the local council and kind of said, you know, we think it'd be really good for, you know, like get getting mm. kids authors and, and singers and, and drama groups and just kind of doing like an arts festival, um, but for free in North Links and... I think people were a little bit like, oh, are people going to do it for free? And I sort of jokingly went, oh, yeah, I'll come and do some poems for free. And then they were like, yeah, okay, you can run the spoken word thing. And I was like, "What? Oh, right, okay. I, I didn't really, like, I was a bit scared to be in charge of anything. Um, So, yeah, that was the September 2022 um, was the first No Limits Festival. And I think from there, that was where I met Mandy, and you know, we we got got to know each other over the next couple of months, and then we were like, you know, clearly, clearly there is a demand for spoken word, not just in big towns. You know, there's a lot lot of people came to No Limits Festival from Brig, from Ashby, from Scorby, from these like smaller villages. And uh, we were, you know, chatting to Nick and Mel and I said, oh, you know, I don't know how many people will come, but, you know, do you maybe have a free night that we can, you know, come and do some spoken word and see if people are into it? And, uh, yeah, that's that was last April. And I think the first, the first night uh, we had maybe 15 people come, it's which not. I was... I, I was I was massively impressed that, and also you you sort of don't want you don't want to do a thing where you're treading on anyone anyone's toes and being like oh you know I know that there are poetry groups in Scunthorpe and Hull and whatever else but it was just I wanted to do something like in the local town but yeah a lot a lot of the people that that ran those groups and people that supported those groups came and supported us so. Um, I think it is just like wherever we can get the poetry, we will go. <laughs> um, yeah, and we had, no, no. We, had, we had a couple of the authors come. A couple of the auth local authors came, and they'd read, you know, a bit of their up their upcoming book, and then people would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, let me know when your book's coming out." And it's all like nice promotion for the bookshop and the poets and the authors and. Um, yeah, we we then did for a, a few of the uh, a few of the months we had like a guest poet, so someone who would come and do say half an hour of mm. um their work. And one of those was Richard, of course. Um, of course, of course. But yeah, <laughs> but 
But then one of the months we had uh, this brilliant spoken word uh, performer, Peter Cullum, came and he did um, a performance piece and he talks about it's all about music from his childhood and then there was a lot of, like, sort of 80s music and um, he'd have, like, you know, a bit of the music on while he was doing a poem and that night was... We, we could barely fit people in the bookshop. It's a small shop, to be fair. It's 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 a very a very quirky, cool but small space, and I think we at that point had nearly thirty people in it. Like a lot of people wanted to come and watch Peter. So yeah, we were like, I think we're I th think we're doing a I think we're doing a good thing here. Um. So yeah, it's been it's it's I never I never expected it to be that popular but here we are <laughs> you, never, you really never, second you never know every month <laughs> you never know where things go because like i said well the night paris with the night i call run was well originally it was one person who then he that gentleman question and kind of asked me then kind of asked amanda my wife to take over so we but we need three of us to run it now you do sometimes mm. it's and that started off quiet but I'm not going to say how busy ours is, but ours is a busy, busy night like yours is now. And it, mm. I think sometimes it takes time to build things up. So, yeah, yeah. I, I understand completely. Well, oh, well done. Well done with it. Now, obviously then, I want to talk a bit also about, yeah, I know you've done a couple of festivals as well, haven't you, as well? You've done the Festival of Love in 2022-23 at the D31 Gallery in Doncaster. Tell us about yeah. that next. Um. So yeah, that's um I'm from I'm from Doncaster and um one of my friends, uh, Helen, she was uh, one of the contributing artists at that gallery. It's it's um there's quite a few local artists that have their work there. There are others that are sort of from further afield, but they they took you know the responsibilities of running the gallery between them and you know they were all kind of shareholders in a way of this gallery and uh, she said oh you know that they're, they're thinking of doing a kind of performance thing but kind of around valentine's day um so i was like oh yeah you know uh, let, let me know if let me know if if that you know i could maybe you know read a few poems and uh yeah, then and then she was like, "Oh yeah, I've I've, I've got you the email of uh, of the person that's running it." So I just sent her a couple of a couple of my poems, and uh, I'd said, "You know, I'm from Doncaster originally," and my friend had said about about wanted to do a spoken word, you know, kind of a trial really, because they'd never done anything like that at that point. They just had the artists in there, um, and yeah, they were like, "Yeah, come and uh, come and read some come read some poetry." So there was a couple of us that first year and then last february i can't believe that's nearly a year ago now last february um they put it out again and just said yeah we're thinking you know we're, we're gonna make it a bit bigger this year have some uh have some singers uh have some poets have uh you know different things going on they had like two exhibitions opening on that day wow so there were people looking at the the art people listening to the music and then you'd go to a different floor and people would be listening to the poems and so yeah it was it was that the second year was definitely more of the festival atmosphere because there were different things going on on each floor it's like a three floor building um and yeah that that year they sort of said oh you, you know if, if you know anyone else that might be interested in in performing poetry so i was like well i know mandy would be interested i know richard would be interested winning um, winning <laughs> my friend Rain that i met at the uh the spoken word night she'd probably be interested so yeah half, half the poets that went to it last year was kind of us from Lincolnshire going yeah we'll come and uh, we'll come and do some performing but it was all themed around love so either you know romance or family or relationships or grief even you know when you don't know what to do with the love that you've got left um or heartbreak or just any anything to do with love uh, or the heart um Mandy she's her day profession, she's a nurse and she's a heart specialist. Um, so she did a poem about the heart, literally, because, you know, that's what she does in her job. And it was really moving. It was really 
it was just a lovely day and being around all that artwork and just socializing with people it was uh really nice and it was nice to do something in Doncaster as well like this is where I'm from and like a nice a nice day of just kind of getting back to your roots I suppose yeah, we did something similar what year for lockdown it was because Amanda, my wife's originally from Bradford, and it gave her great pleasure to go and do a reading in Bradford herself because she yeah. never done it at her own time. He does it. It's, there's something there, isn't it? Like it yeah. in your roots. Yeah, I can understand that because I'm originally from the Stratford area in South Manchester. And I, when the first time I read there, it was, there's something special, isn't it? You give me something back to your old area almost, I think. So, yeah, now, I think it, it gives you a little like, I don't know, like a nostalgia, like. Oh, I, like you have have all these memories of like where you grew up, and then you kind of back back as an adult. I suppose it's a, yeah, it's an inch, it's a funny feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird sometimes, but good good but weird. I think people understand me with that. Now, I want to touch on next, obviously, before we go into your book. Anyway, I want to touch on about. I know you've done something over at the Truth to Power Cafe at Cast Theatre with Jeremy Goldstein and the London Arts Project as well. So, which is a bit of a mouthful, really, but I'm very curious to learn more about this. Yeah, so sort of in hindsight, that was probably the first spoken word thing that I ever took part in, really, because it was like I'd done um, amateur dramatics when I was kind of from being 10 years old to being kind of in my 20s. Um, I'd done different plays and different things like that, but... I'd really done kind of a monologue where it was just me talking about me or talking about life or things like that. So, um, yeah, the the cast theatre in Doncaster, they'd put up a link to um, apply to be part of the Truth to Power Cafe. So it was um, mm. write a monologue about what you give power to or what, takes power away from you and what you would say to it if you could um so yeah jeremy's amazing like he he sort of always starts the show with sort of his monologue about himself and his relationship with his dad and his dad was friends with harold pinter um and sort of the hackney gang and all those creatives back in the day um, and he sort of talks about how it really, you know, his relationship with his dad and his dad's passed away now and, like, how he feels about, like, what he would say to his dad. Um, so my piece, the first year that I, because I did it twice, the first year that I took part, I wrote my monologue to um, depression being the thing that has power over me and what I would say to it if it was a person. Um, and it felt really cathartic, like, just to get that off your chest, just to... Because I'd never really spoken to anyone about about depression, like, how it made, how it made me feel. Mm. And the, the people that were close to me that came to watch it, they, you know, they were like... I had no idea that like you had all this going on um but i mean that's that's another thing about poetry isn't it when you feel something it it, it helps you get it out of yeah definitely brain definitely. and, and definitely. That's, that's the thing i found with spoken word is it's so good for my mental health like just to vent and just to get the emotion out instead of just having it sit inside of you and, you know, especially when you perform something and then someone comes up to you and says, like, I did that monologue and then people came up to me and, and sort of said, you're so brave, like, I felt like that and I would never have told anybody and I just want you to know that I felt the way that you feel and it just makes, like, just immediately, like, feel like you've done a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's, I think it does, it's, as poets, we're here to tell people, in, it's in. It's in I always always enlighten or educate people sometimes as well. Mm. Around words, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Fantastic. Now, we do need to talk, obviously, today as well. We've cut by a bit later on. Perhaps <laughs> should have done <laughs> is about your book. Obviously, like you said before, you told us right at the beginning of this podcast about your book that you bought out. So tell us next about your book then. 
Um, I've got it next to me. <laughs> oh, look at that. See, if people are wondering, it's Sunlight Stripping Shadows Bear. Uh, it was a fantastic title, anyway. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people always say it's an audio. It looks spanking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's, it's funny, actually, because I didn't know what to call the book, and I was going backwards and forwards, and I couldn't think of a good title. And then one of the ladies that was doing the editing of it, she said, oh, one of my favourite poems that you've written in the book has got this brilliant line in it. So the so the book's called Sunlight Stripping Shadows Bear, and that's a line from one of the poems in the book. Um, So they've, they've have written a blurb for me, because, again, I was like, find it really difficult when, when someone says, like, oh, talk about yourself, and you're like, um, it's got poems in it. Um, yeah, and it's got um, more poems in it. It's got more and more in it. I'm like that sometimes as well. Um, <laughs> the, the, the tagline of it is an honest, soul-bearing collection of modern poetry. And it says, um, Amy's poetry comes from the soul. This effortless collection... It was not effortless. This effortless collection of poetry pours onto the page in heartfelt words. This collection explores how in life there is both light and dark in friendships, relationships, and in ourselves, which is true, I think. Um, so, yeah, this is this is coming up to its third year. It came out June of 21, and we're in 2024 now, so this is ne- nearly three years old. Yeah, now, we come on to next, obviously. What plans do you have next, then? Is there going to be a second book, possibly? I hope so. Um well, it's part. I mean, it's part, partly because I'm studying my masters at the moment. So I mm. finished finished my BA degree um, and had my graduation, and it was all very cool and a bit surreal. Um, and then I started a masters in creative writing. So I'm doing it with the Open Uni. So they split it into two years. Um, so I'm currently in my second year of my masters degree. And I've been focusing on poetry. So I do have a lot of uh, word documents and a lot a lot of poems on my laptop at the moment. Um, but it's actually just collating it all and putting it all together. And my brain at the moment is kind of, because I'm a little bit, I, I procrastinate quite a lot. <laughs> I don't always yeah. have the best fan. So at the moment, my brain is kind of right. Focus on the uni assignments, and then once the uni assignments have done, we can actually put the collection together. Um, but yeah, like this, probably the last year or so, I've been I've been focusing quite a bit on submitting things. So, like literary magazines or anthologies, um, I've been you know applying for different competitions and different magazines and um had a poem published in a up again anthology which is now written off publishing um so i'd never been in an anthology before so that was really exciting and then uh, yeah had had some of my poems were accepted for handle magazine um so they specialise in um, basically promoting the work of people that are either neurodivergent or disabled um, or sort of like, yeah, like mental health related things. So they like to they like to promote kind of people um, who, you know, may have may have struggled elsewhere to maybe get published. Um, but, yeah, they're really they're really lovely. And, uh, yeah, had had a poem published in, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, Dreitch magazine. I can't help you there. My dyspraxia is kicking in when I saw that word as well. So it's like, uh, yeah. No. Well, well, it's, it's Jack Caradox, the the editor publisher of that magazine, and they're based in Scotland. So I want to say it's, I want to say it's Dreitch, Dreitch um, magazine. So yeah, I've been having quite a bit of fun. Like they do give you a lot of tips in the masters of like how to apply for things, and you know, um, the sort of formal procedures of like making a cover letter and a biography, and you know, all of those things. So it has been nice to uh, 
because I, ha- I have been a bit scatty in the past and just kind of said, yeah, I've applied for this thing and and then thought, oh, actually, I probably could have could have uh, put it put put a bit more uh, time into that. So now now I'm a lot more focused on, you know, getting a good finished product before I uh, sort of um, put it out there. I'm I'm getting a little bit more disciplined. <laughs> good, good, good. No, a good look, but definitely a bit straightforward. So, and obviously, like you said, for work and backtrack, as obviously the plan is obviously for Unite to keep expanding, keep carrying on as well, isn't it? As well. So, <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, is have we got any more guests lined up for Unite at the moment, or anything you want to make people aware of with the night? Um, not at the moment. So the next the next rabbiting on nights the thirteenth of February, Tuesday the thirteenth of February. Um, so we did say to people, if if anyone does want to theme it theme it around Valentine's Day, then you can. Mm. But there's no pressure. Oh. Just come, come and perform, oh. come and perform whatever you would like to. Um, the last guest that we had was in December. Um, so we had Tezanova come and do a kind of a performance workshop. He runs on stage Yorkshire. And uh, he, he sort of specialises in the performance techniques, um, so like warm up exercises and and projection and and you know the your sort of stage persona and and you know how how to kind of get the most out of your piece of work. So uh, oh, he came our, he came to our December edition and uh, he was like teaching us different performance techniques um because you know i still i still get nervous i still you know before any time i'm gonna read something i always think oh how is it gonna go across you know are people gonna like it is there gonna be like that awkward silence (laughs) after i've you know you still still feel a good sign it's a good sign really is because i because i've been doing it for years now and i every time i'm on stage with something that either i don't know that well or the audience definitely won't know it's a good sign of your nerves kicking, thinking, shit, have I, yeah. have I fucked this up big style? And, like, yeah. people, and if I still get this, they people look at you sometimes thinking, what the fuck? I know, I've, I've been this podcast in 18 now. So no, but... Yeah, don't listen, kids. <laughs> don't me around. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I just don't know. Right, anyway, there's a guy a hard sell for you, okay, and the social media. I want to give you time to get your pieces ready for the second half. So, where can people get hold of your book first? So um I am on Amazon, boo, but I am on Amazon. <laughs> so it's on uh, Amazon Kindle. It's 99p. So you know, give poetry a chance. It's only 99p. Um, unless uh you're on Kindle Unlimited and then it's free. Um, so yeah, so it's on Amazon, on Kindle and paperback. It's on the partnership publishing website. I've got all the links to things on my Instagram, uh, on my Instagram page. So that's Amy B. Garrett underscore author. Um, and I'm on threads as well, although I don't quite understand it. Well, I'm, uh, not, I'm not even signed up. I'm not even signed up for that. I'm not even signed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's also uh, there's also a link to it on Waterstones, which is lovely. That's the that's the partnership publishing people. That's that I, I had not no involvement with that whatsoever. But um, yeah, and uh, Mandy, who's my who's my co-host, we we you know do the hosting duties between us for rabbiting on. Um, she's also got a book under partnership publishing that is coming out in february so uh, if people want to get a book by both of us then fi- fi- find our uh, find our links on partnership publishing's website roll. sounds good to me so right <laughs> what we'll do we'll wrap up part one here now amy and we'll be right back over there in a couple minutes because we're gonna do go do the machine poetry like machine gun style i reckon or maybe okay. <laughs> we'll see you all in a minute thank you again amy Spoken Hey guys, Auntie N, the amazing Amy. Now, Amy's going to do five poems for us today. Yes, five. First one is an exclusive. Well, is it an exclusive? Exclusive. This first one, Amy, or was it? Um, it is an exclusive in that it isn't published anywhere. <laughs> okay, and wants to publish it. 
track Amy down then. But we do need to give people a serious warning on the content of the first one. This first piece may upset a few people. But I, as far as I'm opinion of this first piece, it has to be said. And it's not offensive, but people's political views may not be the same as Amy's and mine are here. So, Amy, over to you for the first piece. Okay. So this first piece is simply titled Palestine. Palestine, it's a crime treated a little better than cattle. Half the battle is, is over getting those MPs to see that they should be free. They justify this pain. It's insane. This prejudice is so ingrained. The West is so much to blame. I feel ashamed to tick the same box as those British toffs. I didn't vote for death. I didn't vote for execution, for retribution against innocent civilians. And you've since been labelling them the villains and apparently they deserve what they get. I weep. These images of lives pillaged and abandoned by mankind. Eyes have turned blind to a genocide. Gaza's a wreck. A brutal cage, a horror on the world stage that no one should applaud with their smug ignorance abroad. A parent leaves their house for bread, returns to find family all dead. A doctor labels children, wounded, no surviving family. How is this not a tragedy? This war rages across ages, decades of misinformation, endless retaliation, trouble in the Middle East with no relief and no peace. A line was crossed and the cost, the price of politics, its currency spent in these 90 plus days, digs 24,000 graves. And that's not even the latest update. Great. So yeah, I had to add a little bit onto the end because uh, that that number unfortunately is inaccurate now. Yeah, it's I guess a real difficult topic. Palestine, now. Yeah, a real difficult topic. Palestine. It's. I'm of the opinion. I'm looking at the fact like I don't agree with all the innocent lives getting killed. Does no matter war is always the innocent that gets hurt to me. Yeah. Right? That's why it's. That's why I agree. I think dead right reading that piece out there, John. Yourself, right? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It isn't. It isn't any of the civilians that are the cause of this. That's the point of the poem. It's you know, I'm a British citizen and I don't agree with the decisions that have been made. Yeah. No, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat with it. It's upsetting. Really, really upsetting this. And I, you're dead right. I agree with you. So that's all we can just do with this one is hope it gets sorted mm -hmm. out. Well, that's all that's part of it. always hope. Let's hope. So. Okay. Now we're going to go on to a couple of, oh, I say a couple, it's not a couple. We're going to, you're going to do four poems now from your debut book, aren't you, as well? So I'm, I'm just, uh, I've got little sticky labels. So I'm uh... organized, organized. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to trying to find the order that I put the labels in. Whoops. Uh, okay. Oh, grief. Trying to make it easier for myself, and then right. So this one's um a shorter one. So there's some there's some quite long poems in the book, but then there's also a few that I would call uh, short or micro poems. So this one is um, called Your Memory. How can I hold a memory in my hand? I look at your photographs and try to soothe my pain with the glossy images, hoping to be subdued by ghosts captured in the past. But nothing can em explain the empty space that your love used to occupy. The unplayed music that was always your favourite when words ache through lyrics that seem written just for you. The hours are now drawn out longer than the minutes we ever spent together. And I await her kiss tangled with strings of fate. Beautiful, beautiful stuff indeed there. That's, look, if people look at the format of that, that's quite prosy, that piece, actually, for me. And 
How do you feel, Link? So obviously you told me already, I know the book has a mixture of poems and micro-poems and other sorts of forms in it. How do you feel about when you look back at this book and you think of like there's really quite a big variety in the book, isn't there? Yeah, I think um I think because because I didn't set out to write a book, they aren't all on the same thing. Um so the book itself is split into different parts. Um so like it's it's in the contents page, there's a section called breaking, which is all kind of the more difficult subjects. Um, and then there's healing, which obviously you then think, oh, this is a bit more upbeat. <laughs> um, imagining are all, imagining are all ones that are kind of a bit kooky, a bit fairies and witches and goblins and just kind of fantasy type things that didn't really go with anything. Um, and then loving, um, a lot of the loving poems are to do with my now husband um, and just like feeling optimism again and like becoming a mum and all of these things that I never thought I would experience, like when kind of in the depths of feeling so awful. Um, and I sort of wish I could go back and tell myself like, it, you know, it does get better like you will you will feel you will feel like joy again um and then the last section of the book's called growing so it's all things that uh, are like optimistic like things to look forward to and um sort of a more happy and a more happy ending to the collection than some of the uh, some of the more morbid ones <laughs> yeah no of course and no, i agree with you completely with it so okay I better move on here. I'm conscious of the time for you today here. So, okay, which poem do you want to do next? Well, I've just, I've just said about about the optimistic poems, but this one's called Grief. <laughs> um, Is it optimistic in a grief-like way? <laughs> it's it's more the thing of um, when you've sat with grief for a while. It isn't the fresh the fresh kind of feelings of it. It's the how you. Um, People say people say that you don't get over grief; you just grow around it. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, this is a bit more of a once you've lived with it for a while. The only time I think of you is when my heart beats, when my breath catches in the fog of my brain. During the sunrise, the daylight hours of clouds dance far above me. And I remember your name. This twilight as the paintwork framing our globe bleeds into itself. The darkness comes and pinpricks of a distant life spring forth. As I hear running water, a symphony of swirling and crashing and sudden stillness. Tiny fragments of glass that I trace your memory into and build unconquerable castles with. Dreams bombarded with frozen images and an eagerness to contain them into a keepsake. Yes, the only time I think of you is when my eyes open or close and when my heart beats. Love this stuff again. Now, I was particularly interested in this bit, this poem as well, on the first answer, because I loved it the way you've done the lines that have overran each other here. Where you've done the last two lines on the first answer, but... During the sunrise, he put a comma. The daylight hour of clouds dancing far above me. A couple of full stops. I remember mm. your name. Did the poem originally come out like this way? Did it the overlapping lines, or did you have to play around with it a little bit in a figurative way? Um, I think it was kind of because when I wrote it. Mm. I wrote it specifically to be performed, so it was all just kind of one long paragraph. Um, and then when I sent it to the publishers, they kind of wanted me to split it into these sections, I think because they didn't want sort of the reader to skim over it and be kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just a paragraph, and then, like, moving on to the next poem. Um, they, they wanted it to be a bit more like people taking their time to read it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it is a bit of a a bit of a strange layout because sort of 
looking at this from a uni point of view, it's a bit of a strange layout because it's, you know, four, three, four, two, three. Um but yeah, I think I think that 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 combination with the dream uh, dreams bombarded with frozen images and an eagerness to contain them, I think that was a bit more of a um for me it was a bit more of the idea of when you're in the middle of a good dream but then like you get woken up and then you're like oh like yeah. that frustration of okay, yeah. when you're having a great dream and then you're like it's not finished so it's just those two sentences yeah it's fine so it's good no, I agree with you it's a good point indeed so it's a great piece okay we're on to poem number three now, I seem to go. Unless I've got my mathematics completely hopelessly wrong. No, I think I think No, no, one, two, no, we've done three on poem number four, yeah. You see, my mathematics poppings today. <laughs> so uh, this one is um quite a short one actually. It was it was just it just came from the idea of um when when people sort of want to fix things but they don't necessarily know what to do but then you're in you're in that in that point of well I don't know what to do either like I'm just in the same boat as you are so um it's called tell me tell me tell me how to relate tell me how to help you feel tell me how I can stop the rush this onslaught of rabid emotion Tidal waves of thoughts crashing and turning on themselves. Brutal and foaming at the mouth. Endless swirling and clinging onto small islands surrounding this abyss. Just tell me what the matter is. Just tell me how to help you. Just tell me what to do. Tell me. So yeah, that was a, that was a little one. Um, oh, that is quite a short poem. I really but, like that. Can we ask you a quick question about the shape of this piece, just to make people aware of it? Because mm -hmm. I love the fact where it doesn't always work poetry with me, this, but we use repetition. Because I think the repetition in this piece is really well done. Do, do a really good job on this. Where people see the structure, you've got to tell me and tell me how to relate, tell me how to help you feel. And there's four, like a couple, and there's a couple of just tell me what the matter is. Just tell me. Just tell me at the end of it. Then tell me. Was that again a conscious decision to actually use all the repetitions in that way in this piece? Um. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. So that first section of you know, tell me, tell me, tell me. It's. It's. You know, it's not easy being the person that's. I don't know what to do. Like how you know, it's it's de it's a bit of desperation. It's a bit of. Uh, you know, but just just tell me what to do and I'll do it, kind of thing. Um, that's what I was sort of trying to get across is the person that that wants to help, but they may be without intending to. They're bombarding this person. I need the answer. What's the answer? Like, how can I help you? And you're like, well, I don't know. Just like I, I, I don't. You know, I don't know. But I didn't want it to just be a poem where it was the same beginning of every single sentence so that's why kind of in the middle it's this um imagery of like the ocean and it's unpredictable and you can't you can't tell the ocean what to do like you can't tell the ocean how to um you know move it, it'll move how it wants to um and i suppose that's kind of a when you're in a in a tight spot and you don't know how it's gonna work out um, and then, yeah, it's kind of goes back to the same, the end is the same as the beginning. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I quite like this idea of visual poetry, like the idea of how you lay out the sentence makes like a shape. And I think this shape is sort of a, like an acorn kind of shape. Yeah, um, yeah. I, if people look of, at the piece, you can see it on there. It does, it's got a beautiful, the lamp, the way you've used repetition, because the tone in it changes when the second lot of repetition at the end of it. Yeah, beautiful yeah. done. Really enjoyed that. Um, and then this last one is hopefully more of an upbeat one. <laughs> um, it's called Solitude, but the actual context of the... Well, you'll see what I mean. The actual context of it is uh, little, a little bit more cheery than the other ones. 
<clears throat> solitude. It can reawaken long-forgotten passions. If you allow your mind to be still, away from constant chatter and distractions, you also open the door to create new potential experiences. It can unlock all the terrors of your mind and lay them bare, like an emotional air dry on a warm day. You can formulate plans or just release a build-up of years of hidden tears. It can open you up to an emotional kaleidoscope of thoughts that you never normally dwell on, bring about solutions you never would have had the time to construct. It can give you the gift of beauty with clarity. A walk through the woodland with only the company of the leaves and birds and clouds can give you true contentment. Loving time with just yourself is the truest self-care and deep appreciation. Yeah, I think it's a really good way of wrapping up the setup, actually, that, Amy, because it's like you're bringing the full things forward, aren't you? We'll talk about all the upset and the rage in the first okay. piece, and, yeah, the evaluation. This brings everything full circle. I think that was great. Great choice ending that one. So, I think it was just that thing of I spent a lot of years keeping myself busy and um, not sitting still because if I sat still, then I would think about the things that were bothering me. And if you keep going and keep pushing and you know keep working and doing all of these things, um, you won't have time to think about it. But also, if you don't ever stop you don't have time to appreciate the good things and kind of yeah. take stock. you don't have time to take stock and be like you know look how great that day was like look how wonderful yeah. this is and you know these the you know these poetry friends and all this stuff like give yourself chance yeah. to actually take it in and and you know be like this is this is good this is like nice no i agree i agree with you completely with it so and do it's opening your eyes up all the time, so I agree. Anyway, guys and girls, that's it for another session today. I want to thank Amy today. I've really enjoyed this today. Oh, thank you. It's felt like I was rambling on and on. No, but... oh, you're not. Listen, I ramble. You don't, right? Dead <laughs> <laughs> up for me. So been a pleasure, definitely, with that. So we're going to talk more off mic anyway. So, as I said, thank you again for this oh, today. So. Uh, thanks, Richard. Yeah, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Harris. He's lordship to me and Amanda, right? Definitely, so. Oh, <laughs> right. no. Anyway, Lucky. guys. Oh, we love him. We love him at Spoken Label. I know you love him as well. He keeps going about your mentoring him at the moment, so we're going to embarrass oh, him. <laughs> Richard is just a, f a fabulous man. Every time I see him, and my husband loves him as well. Every time we see him, it's just so. It's just and his, and his wife, they're just so lovely and just so much fun, and he's so supportive. It's just yeah, I love Richard. Yeah, we all do. He's he is. He's a he's a force of nature. That's a good way of putting he Richard. Is. Definitely so. Right, anyway, Amy, we're going to talk more of Mike anyway, but thank you again for today. Keep thank in you. touch. I'd love to have you on again if book number two, or no, no, let's get rid of the word if. When book number when. two comes in. Yeah, when, never if, right? So <laughs> when book number two is out, definitely come back on again. Let me know, okay? So as Don Callis over at AEW Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. We'll see you all next time. Spoken later.